This is an Area Code podcast. Butler has no timeouts. So they would hope that Zubek makes this. Not going to try. It's Hayward pulling it down. Getting around Zubek. At midcourt, launches the shot. Oh, and almost went in. Almost went in. And Duke is the king of the dance. 2010. Welcome back to Feel For The Game, the sports podcast where we talk about our feelings uh, among plenty of other things. I am Nick. And I'm Noah. We're back. It's We're recording again. We've, we're at this point where we are in front of microphones about to talk about basketball and, uh, and life. How do you feel? Are you feeling good today? Yeah, I feel like the people don't realize that we haven't recorded in a while, so they're sitting here like, like they don't care. Maybe they do. I like to think they do. What have you been up to in the sports world lately? I don't want to know about your actual life, just your sports Just my life. sports life. Um, been watching the Olympics still uh, this morning. Watched a really interesting game between Sweden and Canada in the women's soccer a gold medal matchup. It went to penalty kicks and it was the weirdest penalty shootout I've ever seen. Did you see anything? Like, did you read about it or watch it or anything? No, I didn't catch it. What was weird about it? So Sweden kicked first and she, she hit the post. She went wide and hit the post. Mm -hmm. And then Canada made theirs. So they were up one, nothing. Sweden makes it. Canada misses three in a row. Yikes! So then Sweden just has to make like, did one. They, did they miss or was it like blocked? Uh, two of them were blocked. One was missed. Wow. Okay. And then Sweden has a chance to win it. And actually, Sweden had missed another one in this point. Canada's goalkeeper, who reminds me of your wife, uh, blocked one of the kicks. But then since Canada missed their third one... Sweden had a chance to win it, and this girl boots it to the moon, just like straight, like five feet over the net, just gone. And then Canada scores, and it ends up going to extra time, or extra time, it ends up going to like sudden death or whatever. And Sweden uh, got blocked on their first kick in sudden death, and then Canada ended up winning. So it took six or seven kicks. But it was just like an absolute collapse by Sweden, who only needed one goal to advance, and they ended up missing three shots in a row and losing, or not advance to win, and they ended up missing three shots and losing. So there's that in NBA free agency. That's where that's where I'm at. That's where you've been at. Uh, that so I missed that game. I've missed a lot of Olympic stuff just in general because time zones. They're on at four in the morning. Yes. Yeah. yeah. All of that. All of that. Um, but I think that ended up being a perfect transition into what we're going to talk about today, which is related to losing. What is like we're going to talk a little bit about defeat and what it looks like to be on the the losing side of a and coming very close to winning. 
yeah, being extremely close to winning, but falling short in, in the biggest moment on the biggest stage. We're going to get into that in a second, but real quick, NBA free agency has been a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying the ride that, that NBA free agency has been. The Bulls have improved their roster. If you listen to last week's episode, I was um, pretty much decided that I was going to just jump on the Detroit Pistons uh, bandwagon. And I think that's still true, but I think I'm also going to feel good about being a Bulls fan next season and have a lot to be excited about. I can't believe it just took them getting Lonzo Ball, the most overrated player in the NBA, for you to stick around in Chicago. Oh, man. I need everyone listening to this podcast right now to just just send as much hate mail Text messages, whatever you can to Noah and explain to him why his his take on Lonzo Ball is so wrong and so bad. No one's going to message us for a lot of reasons, but the main one being that they know I'm right. <laughs> we can uh, we should have an episode where we just talk about the Bulls, uh, their their roster and the expectations for this upcoming season. I think mm, that would no be a lot of listen. fun. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that love Chicago. <laughs> love, they love the Chicago Bulls. Um, anyway. But yeah, it's just been a fun ride. It's been a fun ride. A lot of movement happening in the NBA right now. Um, and it's just fun to see. And I think there's still a lot to come. Uh, Damian Lillard, Ben Simmons, we've talked about both of them fairly often on the podcast. Um, but those are two big names that are probably going to be in different spots before the season starts. So stay tuned for that. But do you want to get us into our first segment and topic for today yeah so our first segment is called what's the score rebound goes to the Cavs. jr smith brings it back out throws it a hill hill shot blocked and we'll go to overtime you get the feeling jr smith thought they had the lead he didn't know the score i think exactly that's a bad and today we're talking about the 2010 NCAA tournament final between the number five seeded Butler Bulldogs playing in their hometown of Indianapolis and the number one seeded Duke Blue Devils. Uh, this game featured a few prominent names, really not all that prominent. Like no one, like no, a casual fan isn't going to recognize any of these names. No, no. Or if they do, they recognize Gordon Hayward's name just because he's the dude whose legs shattered into a billion pieces on live television. Um, but Gordon Gordon Hayward led Butler to a championship game. That team was coached by Brad Stevens, who would go on to be the head coach of the Boston Celtics. He's now the director of basketball operations or something like that for Boston. He's not the GM, but mm-hmm. he's, he's something high up. And that's kind of it for the Butler team. No, You're not going to know who Shelvin Mack or Matt Howard is. Uh, nope. Duke, of course, coached by Mike Trzeszewski, Coach K. That team is led by John Shire, who will be replacing Coach K after the end of this upcoming season. This is Coach K's last year, and then John Shire steps in, uh, I believe. Is John Shire a Chicago boy? Yeah, he's a Chicago yeah. suburb, uh, western suburb guy. That's what yeah. I thought. Uh, so you had John Shire, you have Kyle Singler, the Larry Bird of the 2010s, <laughs> uh, and Nolan Smith, who is also a coach on the Duke team. 
And then there's other random guys like the Plumley boys are all on this team. And people know those names just because there was always a brother on the team for like a nine year period or whatever. And, and, and what was it? Mason has had a somewhat yeah, I mean, relevant there's, NBA there's career. Mason, yeah. Miles, and Marshall. And I think Mason and Marshall both have been in the NBA for a decent time. Miles, sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah. So can't, they can't all make it. I mean, yeah. right? L- Lamelo. One Lonzo, of you has to be the failure. Yeah. Leangelo, sorry, but um, good luck on that summer league roster. So. Really intense game. It was actually the highest ranked championship game as far as amount of people watching it in the decade. So that has is that so- true from 2010 until na- until 2020. No, so this, this, is, How- this is considered the last championship game from 2000 to 2010. Okay, that makes a lot more sense. Because this is the this is a this is the 09 2010 season. But there are some great yes, games okay, in that. Okay, okay. Like you have. Uh, so the the year before this was Michigan State North Carolina snooze fest awful championship game. Uh, speaking of awful championship games, the year after this, Butler makes it back as an eight seed and plays Kemba Walker and UConn, one of the worst college basketball games I've ever watched in my life. Absolutely horrendous. Um, but then the year before that, you have, so in this year or in this decade rather, you have KU Memphis. That's a big one. You have Florida's back to back championships. You have North Carolina and Illinois in 2005, which was a huge game because all year, those are the two best teams. Um, 04, you had UConn again, Emeka Okafor leading that team over, I want to say Georgia Tech and Jarrett Jack. Oh, yeah, three. You're going Car- too far back. You're going too far back. Oh, I have no I'm idea just, at this I'm point. just showing my knowledge of, of yeah, that yeah. entire decade. 03 was uh, <laughs> Carmelo Anthony, Hakeem Warwick, and Syracuse beating Kansas, Kirk Heinrich, and Nick Collison. Uh, 02 would have been Maryland beating Duke, I believe. That was Jawan Williams. Uh, 2001 was Duke winning, and then 2000 was Michigan State. So there, there's the championship games of the decade, and apparently this is the one that had the highest ratings as far as people turning in. And it was worth it. One of the best college basketball games or college championship games, really of all time. Like really back and forth game. Uh. A little bit of a defensive struggle. Some they're like at the beginning of the game, Butler's big man Matt Howard missed like seven shots from zero feet away. Um, but it was just a really high intense intensity game, and Duke takes a one point lead into halftime, thirty three thirty two, and then we come back out and the team just kind of pick up right where they left off. Uh, Duke starts to assert a little bit their size and skill, but it's you know they they get they pull away by maybe six points. Butler comes right back, and uh, we get down to the final minute. And Butler brought it in to sixty fifty seven. They get it to a one point game, sixty to fifty nine. Gordon Hayward drives off of an inbounds pass with about ten seconds left. Uh, he gets the ball, dribbles around, gets to the short corner on the right side of the court, and does a little fadeaway. That is super close. Just hits uh, the back iron and pops out with about three and a half seconds. They foul. Big boy for Duke. I believe it was Zubek. Makes his first one and make it 61-59. And then intentionally misses his second shot. Gordon Hayward pulls down the rebound. And gets a nice, really nice screen from Matt Howard right around half court to free Hayward up for the, the half court shot. And he lets it go. And it's like the closest you can get to making a half court shot without making it. Like 
hits the backboard, hits the front of the rim, and doesn't fall. And like to the point where like the, that old ESPN show, Sports Science, I remember they did, they looked at this shot, and they said if his shot would have been like a quarter inch to the left and had like, like was spinning, like if its rotation was like slightly slower or something, he would have made it, like it was that close, like literally like millimeters, and he makes a shot and has one of, if not the biggest upset in championship games history. On one of the greatest shots. On one of the, that would become the greatest shot in college basketball history, probably. Even as a missed shot, it's one of the most well-known plays in the tournament. Like that's how close it was that the fact that he missed it so closely, people remember it. Yeah, almost, almost, uh, and we'll talk about this in our next segment. Um, but I wanted to say two things. Uh, it's it's interesting that I th- I think that what people remember about this, this championship is that missed shot more so than like the Duke victory itself, right? Like I think when you look back on this, a lot of people talk about this moment more than they talk about the fact that Duke yeah. won the game, which is a which is an interesting thing. And uh, the thing I was going to say before that um, is. Uh, the shot that Gordon Hayward takes um, when they have the ball with around 12 seconds left on the yeah you know right wing of the court that if you if you're familiar with Gordon Hayward's game and he's been hurt on and off in the last year or two but if you've watched him play in the NBA that's a shot that he takes and makes quite a lot like yeah. that is he kind of he took the shot in rhythm uh, in this moment and you know it kind of was a little too long. And, yeah, it was, and a, it was a great shot. But he just had a little too much on it. It like when you like just looking back at this game, it's like, man, it really felt like Butler was supposed to to win this. Uh, and Gordon Hayward had two opportunities to do it and it just didn't work out. So that being said, thank you for that recap. Thank you for the history lesson on uh, 2000s. NCAA men's basketball championships. If you're wondering what the biggest upset is, I can go back one more year to 1999 and it was UConn winning the championship. Like as far as Vegas betting odds goes, they're the biggest upset. Who was that against? uh, That 99, I want to say Arizona, but don't quote me on that. I'll look it up right now. That sounds about right. Was that a Mike Bibby? That was the Mike Bibby Arizona team. Is that correct? I think so. Because that would have been Richard Hamilton and all of them. Yeah. Or did they beat Duke? They beat Duke in that year. Don't fact anyway. check us. No, they, we they we beat, said that last week. Don't They, they beat don't Duke. I know that for a fact. Okay, let's get into our next segment, the press conference, and let's dig in a little bit more into why we're talking about this and how it might matter outside of basketball. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello? You play to win the game. Let's do it. Okay, so we're not going to talk, at least I don't plan to talk a lot about Duke. They won the championship this year. They won the tournament. Good for them. They win all the time. This is a show for the small schools. This is the show for the small schools, and we're going to just take a moment to try to talk about what it is like to experience defeat in such when when victory feels so close, right? Like 
we're not just talking about getting blown out. We're not talking about, you know, not making the tournament, never even having a, a shot at at the sort of pinnacle of of accomplishments, right? We're talking about like what is it like to be in the moment, to be on the biggest stage, and to uh just fall short of of winning it all. That that's kind of what we're gonna discuss. I don't know, Noah, do you have any preliminary thoughts on from the Butler side of things, what it's like to be in this moment and to be so close, but to yet end up losing and not having anything to come home with? Um, Kind of, yeah. The closest thing that I can speak to from like personal experience uh, as a washed up former high school athlete, uh, my junior year of high school, we had a pretty bad, like at one point we were like three and 10 on the season. Uh, but we actually made a run and made it all the way to the state tournament, which would be the final four for our like our uh, class. Four cl- in Illinois, you have one A, two A, three A, four A. We were one A. We made it to the final four in one A. And in the semifinals, we lost by I think only one or two points, and pretty like heartbreaking fashion. Like there were just some there was a turnover and some missed free throws down the stretch that let the other team uh, win the game essentially. That's like the closest that I can think of. Um, in fact, in some ways, we were kind of mirrored Butler and that we shouldn't have really been there. And then we came back the next year and made it back, but we won. Butler got their asses kicked by UConn. But that's like the closest I can speak as far as like being on a big stage. Like Obviously, we've lost anyone who's ever played sports has lost a lot of games, a lot of close games. But like that's... the. Uh, as a high school athlete at a small school, you, there's no bigger stage in the state tournament. And we lost a pretty heartbreaking one there. Yeah. And I think like the, the, the thing that is important to consider, right. Is the, is everything that leads up to these moments is what makes games like this. So heartbreaking and losses like this, um, sort of these like big moments in people's life to, to learn lessons about, losing and the and why the journey matters and maybe why that is more important than winning or losing anyway because like you take a team like butler who i don't know what their regular season record was but coming into the the season they were not so this butler team they were the five seed and like they were ranked for sure top 15 maybe even top 10 coming into the tournament but since they came oh you guys hear the ice cream truck outside hell yeah um for sure top 15, maybe even top 10, but being from the Horizon League at the time, they're in the Big East now. Um, but they were at a small conference, so they didn't really get the love from the selection committee that they maybe should have gotten. Like maybe maybe they were un- under-seeded and should have been like a three-seed or maybe even a four-seed. Um, but with that being said, you don't pick a, fi- a, a five-seed, especially one from the Horizon League, to go that far. So like they had a really yeah. good year, but you're no one's going into the tournament thinking like, oh, this Butler team's about to make a run for it. That's just not how <laughs> the tournament works. Yeah, and so the reality is this: this team uh, in a smaller conference is coming into the season. Let's just start at the beginning of the season, right? They're coming into the season with a goal. We don't we don't know what that goal is. We imagine it's probably to win a championship. It may have been different, you know, as a smaller school, as a smaller program. They may have come into the season with a, a different goal. Um, that was even, you know, 
lower than, hey, let's win the tournament, right? So they come into the season and they're working towards whatever goal they've set for them. And they end up going 33 and five, I think, on the year. Uh, make it to the tournament as a higher seed, as a five seed, which maybe they should have been higher. But that, considering the 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 conference they play in, consider their their history, like they this that's a big deal, right? And so they come into the tournament um, as a five seed, but probably still looked at from like the blue blood side of things. You know, North Carolina, Duke, these big schools, these big programs, still being looked at as like uh, a small fish, right? Uh, and and then they make it to the championship game, the the Final Four uh, championship game against Duke, who by all standards is maybe a top three program in college basketball history, right? Like you you have your UCLA, you have Duke, maybe North Carolina. Uh, you might throw Kansas in there. I don't know. You your list is probably more accurate than mine in terms of best programs of all time, but like. Well, they're for sure a top five. Like, there's no, it's, yeah, in some order, Duke, Carolina, Kentucky, Kansas, and UCLA. Indiana, shut up, you don't belong. Louisville, shut up, you don't belong. Like, that's what it is. Those are the top five. Yeah. So, but all that's to say, like, Butler, for all intent and purposes, shouldn't be here. Uh, they've made it here. They, sh- they probably shouldn't be here, but they have. Uh, and so it's a long journey. It's not a journey that they expected to be on. They probably hoped that they would, but it's a long journey. They've made it. And then you have two opportunities to win the game uh, on two Gordon Hayward shots, and you come so close on both of them. I imagine that if I'm Brad Stevens, I'm I'm trying to have a conversation after that game to to talk about the journey, right? Like I think that that is kind of what you have to hold on to if you're in a situation like this where you've worked so hard towards a towards a goal and almost so I realized but fell just short of it. I think if I'm Gordon if I'm Brad Stevens, sorry, I, I think I'm I'm trying to preach, hey, but remember the journey. Like remember all that you did to get to this point. Cause at the end of the day, yes, we wanted to win that game, but the journey is something that'll always be with you and will always be uh there to guide you in the future, right? Like it, it teaches you how to move forward because win or loss, like you still have to move forward in life. Right. And so yeah. um, I think that was thinking back on this game. Like, I think that that is sort of what you have to walk away from it with. If you're, if you're Butler. Yeah. I, th- I mean, I, I think I agree, especially like none of those dudes with the exception of Hayward are going to play professional basketball. Like, there's something to be said there of like understanding that this loss or win, whether they won or lost, like that wasn't the defining factor or moment in any of their lives. Like they're going to go on to do a lot more that sure. Like maybe, you know, tens of thousands and hundreds of thousands of people aren't watching you do those things, but in the end they're going to mean more to you and your family and, you know, like, and yeah, like you look at the journey. They beat number one seed Syracuse in the Sweet 16. They beat a two-seeded Kansas State team in the Elite Eight. They beat Michigan State, who the who the year before Michigan State was in the championship game and also was a five-seed this year. So actually that final four was two different five-seeds playing against each other, interestingly enough. 
Um, but yeah, like there's something like in the same way that you look at like a George Mason or a VCU of years past, or even this year yet Northern Iowa beat Kansas in the second round. Kansas was the number one overall seed. Like, yeah, you didn't go as far as maybe you wanted to. You still lost in the final four. If you're George Mason or VCU or Loyola, if you're a UMBC, if you're Northern Iowa, you still lost in the you know second round or the sweet 16. But like you went out there and you put on that you can play with anyone. Like you can, you're good enough to go against the best in the world and hold your own. And to some extent with the, for those smaller schools, for these, you know, underappreciated and overlooked players, to some extent, like that is a, the victory that they're looking for. Like they're able to prove themselves to the coaches who overlooked them and to the analysts and scouts who don't really care about them. That's a really good point. It, is there something that you feel like you've uh, been able to learn from defeat? Whether it was like a sport defeat, something that happened in sports, or just like something in life where you were working towards something and just fell short for whatever reason? Like to some extent, right? It, it's just to keep going. Like you get rejected or you lose or whatever you just do it again, keep going. Like there's examples of athletes and artists and, you know, whether they be authors or musicians or uh, visual artists, you know, painters, photographers, whatever, who, you know, I'll use authors because I'm most, that's the art form I'm most familiar with is literature, but like authors who have 28 rejection letters from publishers saying, no, this is what we want to do. And they finally get published. And some of them, they're just a little, you know, they're small authors. They don't have a huge, huge following, but they like, they trusted in what they were doing and they kept, you know, even though they got rejected, they didn't decide, Oh, this publisher told me, no, like I probably shouldn't write their athletes. You know, this Butler team, like really Gordon Hayward and Jukes, maybe Shelvin Mack, but I think Mack came back the next year. All of them, like they had a rough year overall the following year, but they made it back to the championship game. Like, they kept going. They didn't. They didn't look and go. Oh, that was our one shot, and we missed it. They decided. Oh, okay. Like, let's run it back. Like, let's try it. Let's. We'll go and push and do better the next year. They didn't. But spoiler still. alert: <laughs> they did not do better the next year. They lost again. But, uh, but yeah, I think yeah, that's good. And I think what I would say is like, I think part of what you learn from defeat or falling short is is that kind of what I was saying earlier at the end of the the day maybe it's not so much about whether or not you quote unquote win or lose maybe it's more about what you how you grow in that time as you're working towards something right like if you are like you said an author or a musician or whoever if you're growing in your skill set if you're working on yourself and improving that's almost more important than whether or not you're book gets published or your song ends up on Spotify or or whatever, right? Like, and same goes for athletes. Like maybe, maybe at the end of the day, that journey is is the thing that you should be holding on to because that's the true growth. Like that's the, you know, maybe that's more important than the accolades. And that sounds crazy to say because we're, especially right now as the Olympics are happening, right? Where accolades seem so important. Uh, And obviously we've kind of built a culture around celebrating achievements. Um, but I think there's so much value in just being able to say, Hey, but you, 
you made it, you know, you, you, the, the achievement that really matters is the growth that got you to the point you're at. Right. Um, if I think Allison Felix actually, uh, just won bronze. Right. And she's one yeah. of the got her, most it's impressive her medal. Yeah. She's one of the most impressive, uh, in terms of, uh, Olympic accolades that we have in our current, like currently competing and bronze, you could look at that on one hand and go, Oh, that's third place. Like, why do, why do, why would we celebrate that? But th there's so much to celebrate there because there's a whole journey that got her to that point. Uh, and even though it's not the pinnacle, even though it's not gold, uh, it still matters. Right. And, and even that the same thing goes for the people that didn't place at all, right? The people that came in fourth and, and after, right? Like they're still at the Olympics. They still made it there. There's a lot to celebrate there. And that's always going to be with them. So I ramble way too long on that. But I think just just being able to maybe reorient it, reorient how we view success to say the win the win or loss isn't the the big uh headline the headline should really be like how did we grow in the process of of competing in whatever avenue that it looks like let's move on to the best segment of them all for what is it called <laughs> <laughs> so good we forgot what it's called oh it's called we're talking about practice we're talking about practice did you know we were talking about practice i do now i'm supposed to be the franchise player and we're in here talking about practice I mean, it, listen, we're talking about practice, not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. Also, I just got to get this off my chest. I think I fucked up on some of the teams that competed in those championship games in the early 2000s. I definitely got the teams that won right. But I think that 01 Duke team beat Maryland. And I think that 02 Maryland team... Or no, that 01 team beat Arizona. Duke beat Arizona. 02, Maryland beat Indiana. That's what it was. I love that you're dedicated. I love how you're dedicated you are to making I this think, right. I think I got I think everything else I said was right. Cause I know 06 was Kansas or uh, was, I'm sorry, it was Florida over UCLA 07. Well, Florida won back no. to back, right? 06 is Florida over Ohio State. 07 is Florida over UCLA. That sounds right. Yeah. Yes. No one's no one's going to be like, I can't believe you didn't remember 10 years worth of of uh, NCAA championship games. Yeah, but I will. And now I can't, remember, <laughs> I can't remember who that UConn team beat. I think I was wrong on that one too, actually. But I know they won in 04. Shit. Okay. No one's going to keep... Um, no, that was the team that beat Georgia Tech. I was Spiraling. Right. Okay. You're gonna keep spiraling about less. that, Nicholas. And we're gonna move on to what are your, the next what, segment. What are your four words celebrating losing but growing on the way? My four words are: this is very simple, probably expect it. Keep your head up. Uh, those are my four words. I think it's it doesn't need much ex explanation. I think you just have to keep going. You have to put the loss behind you, as hard as that is, and you just have to keep pushing. This has been too serious of an episode. Oh, okay. So you're about to, are you? No, it's going to be goofy. It's not going to be super funny or anything, but I'm going to honor, I'm going to honor the bard. And no, I do not mean the overrated hack, William Shakespeare. 
<laughs> you can quote me on that. I'm going to honor the one and only Weird Al with his hit 2006 song, Close But No Cigar. That's mine. Just keep it simple. Let's honor, play Weird Al right here. Everybody, or if you, you know, we don't have the rights to Weird Al. If you're listening, pause, go to Weird Al's 2006 album, Straight Out of Linwood, listen to Close But No Cigar, and just imagine he's talking about basketball in that song and not women. All right, time out. What's happening? What's going on? We're falling we? apart here. <laughs> Long, a two to tie. Michigan will have to bring it. Oh, he walked. He walked and the referee missed it. Weber brings it into the front court. They have no timeouts remaining. Oh, he causes he too many timeouts. That's a technical foul. He called a timeout. Michigan doesn't yes. have any. Our next segment is called Timeout. You guys already know the segments. You've been listening, and they're awesome. The only reason <laughs> we keep saying the name of the segment is just so we can play the fun music that comes after it, the fun exactly. clips. Uh, really, the only reason we're doing this podcast is for the fun clips of the segment. That we <laughs> Nick and I, big segment fans, big clip fans. We love it so much. Every podcast we work on as producers and editors, we're just itching to get segments in there. We love us a good music bed. All right. Uh, I'm going to go first. I think I'm going to go back to what I talked about earlier. Uh, I'm going to get into the head of Brad Stevens, right? After Gordon Hayward takes the shot on the right wing, you know, there's a timeout. He's probably talking to his players. I'm just imagining that he's giving a very – Brad Stevens seems like the type of guy to give a very heartfelt, honest, um, personal speech soft speech to his yeah, players. Yeah, like very calm and collected the entire game. Yeah, so I'm I'm thinking, you know, they call a timeout right before they foul and Duke goes to the line. And I think he's look he looks at I think he pulls Gordon to the side. He talks to the team for a little bit and I think he pulls Gordon to the side. And I said I think he says, "Hey, you missed one. You missed. You're you're going to get another shot. And when you do, shoot it with confidence. That's all you got to do. Take it with confidence. Leave the results like it's out of your control at that point, but you're going to get another opportunity here and just, you got to shoot it confidently. And I think that's, that's what he told him. And I think Gordon Hayward said, thanks, Brad. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> thanks you're coach. The best, coach. <laughs> you you are the best. I love you. I love you so much. And I'm going to come play for you in Boston years after this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that's I, what they I, did. I know that you're going to leave us for the NBA, but I also know that I will leave my team for you. Yeah, I'm coming back to play for you. In that's Boston. true love. That's what this. That's what um, this whole episode and this whole game is about. Is just the love between Brad Stevens and Gordon Hayward. Forget all the losing yeah. stuff. Just love the people around you. Follow them wherever <laughs> they go. Support the people who support be you. Good, be a good coach. Yeah, be a a, a good coach. Be um, a good coach and a coachable player, and look where you'll go. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think I think Brad just said to to Gordon in that moment, "Hey, man, like you missed one. It was close. You missed one. Take." Take the next one with confidence. Like you're gonna get another shot. We got time left on the clock. Just shoot it with confidence. And I think Gordon listened, and he came pretty damn close. So that's all you can. That's damn all you can close. Ask for. All right, I'm gonna get in the head of Coach K. Mm, I love this already. And I want us all to imagine the shot has left Gordon Hayward's fingers, and this is like slow motion, like we're watching a movie. And these are his thoughts going through his head while the ball is in the air. And this is my Coach K voice. Oh my gosh, I'm sweating so hard. 
I wonder if the ink in my hair is is coming out with the sweat that I have. I can't believe we're about to lose to Butler University. Oh my god. Oh, he missed it. Oh my gosh, he missed it. I can coach another 10 years. Oh my gosh. Oh, we won. We won. We won. And scene. That's how Coach K sounds. That's perfect. That was perfect. Just so worried about the ink in his hair coming out. Jet black hair at age 140. But then he they won, sold. and so he just had all he had to do was go up to Office Depot and buy some more ink to put in his hair, and no one even <laughs> noticed that he lost all the color because they won the game. If they lost, that's all we'd be yeah. talking. Like whenever LeBron loses, people just talk about his hairline. When Coach oh, K yeah. loses, we just talk about his hair. I love that. Um, I'm looking at Gordon Hayward's stat line. He shot two for eleven. Oh, he played Feel really bad, bad. guy. He Feel only really he ended the guy. game. Correct me if I'm wrong. He was twelve points, eight rebounds. I don't know how many rebounds, but Maybe he three or made four all assists. his free throws. He took yeah. took eight free throws and made all those. So there you go. No, he shot he shot super um, well from the line. Yeah, I mean, hey, if you're a basketball player listening to this podcast and you play some type of org, I'm not talking about the people like me and Noah who just play like randomly with a bunch of old people for no reason at all. Like we're just doing it to get exercise at this point in our life. I'm talking about if you're like in high school, college, maybe even eighth grade. I don't know who listens to this podcast. If you're in eighth grade, get your parents' permission to keep listening. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you shouldn't be listening. Really, sophomore grade, we, and we under, do, get your. We do appreciate permission. you. We do appreciate you. However, if you're having a bad shooting night, just keep shooting. You know, I mean, within within the flow of the offense, Ooh, like don't look, just jack them up. I would like, like to come in keep and shooting. I would like to put an amendment on that. While it is true that shooters shoot, not everyone is a shooter, and therefore you should not shoot. Instead, within the look, flow of the offense, look, I'm, the drawing, of the I'm offense. drawing a blank on his name, the point guard, Ronald, what's his last name, Nerod or something like that, the point guard for Butler. They talk about it during the game because he hits a corner three after an offensive rebound, or maybe it was a driving kick, but it, his coaches, his teammates, all they talk about is like that dude just finds a way to win, even if it's not like something that he typically does. Like he's not really a three point shooter, but they needed a three. He's the one who stepped up and hit that shot. Uh, if they needed a defensive stop, he was going to be the one who would step up and make sure that they got the ball. He would get their rebound. Like he was going to do whatever. He was just a winner. Like he, yes, he's a basketball player, but he wasn't really a specialist in anything. He just ran the offense pretty well. But if they needed the shot, he was going to make sure that they got the shot, whether he scored it or Hayward scored it or he was dropping the pass down to Howard to make it 60-59 near the end of the game. He was going to be the one making sure that Butler was in a position to win. So maybe you think like, oh, I'm playing poorly. You know, I've shot 0 for 8 or whatever. All right, well, maybe you can still, like, if your guy's not scoring while you're not scoring, you're helping your team win. If you're making the right passes, if you're playing solid defense, if you're getting the rebounds, or maybe you're not even getting the rebounds. Maybe you're just boxing out your guy so that your teammate can get the rebound. That's all that matters. Put yourself and your team in a position to win, and who cares about the stats? If you're a stat hunting, you're a bad basketball player. That's better advice. Uh, more of what I was trying to get at is just be confident. Stay confident in your shot. Like, Don't let uh, a bad yeah, shooting don't, night... Don't pass up an open shot just because you missed a couple. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so... Good advice all around. Just look at us. Keep playing basketball. If you're playing Coaches, basketball, there, Nick keep and doing Noah. That. We're gonna we're gonna we're we're gonna start a feel for the game AAU team. Let's see how far we go. <laughs> Yikes! I'm very nervous about what that looks like. <laughs> okay, uh, twenty seconds on the clock. 
Why does this game matter? Um, we're going to tell you in just a moment after the break. There's no break. We don't have any sponsors. This podcast is brought to you by um, Pizza Rolls, Tostitos, Pizza Rolls. This is the background music. Just keep talking. The 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 meal that satisfies your needs when your parents aren't home. Parents Pizza aren't rolls. home. Pop in the Tostinos, Tostitos. How do you say it? Tostinos? Tostitos, Tostitos, Tostitos. Okay. 20 seconds on the clock. Boom. Let's do this. Uh this game is important because it highlights the underdog story that uh comes up short right like most of the time the underdog pulls it out and we always want them to but this one came up short and it still is important because uh we learn that the journey is just as important as the destination and uh i'm going way over but butler butler explain man this is i'm doing this is the gordon hayward shot it's not going in are you done uh, here's here's what just happened there. <laughs> You're Gordon Hayward, and you got that rebound, but you didn't. I just shoot, dribbled like, it out of bounds. No, you you shot the you got the shot off, but like five seconds after the buzzer went off, so it wouldn't have counted anyway. But unlike Gordon Hayward, you just like shoot it over the basket. Like you're like that Swedish kicker from today who just booted it over the goalpost. That was a mess. That, that was, was a rough a one. I'm not gonna. Mess. I will not lie to you. Didn't love that. Let's see if I can do better. I'm not sure that I can. But all, all our I can listeners do is just, be just stopped with you. listening. So there's, yeah, there's there no are, pressure. At this there's point. no pressure here. It's just me talking to you and zero people out there. All right. This matters because all of us are going to be Butler at some point in our lives. And it's worth watching how people deal with defeat to so that we can learn from that and in our own lives, not necessarily our athletic lives, just in our personal professional lives, learn how to deal with rejection and defeat and come back stronger. Wow. All of us are going to be Butler at some point in our lives. That was the, that was beautiful. I mean, there's no other way to say it. I'm glad that I could be so profound (laughs) for you, Nick. Okay, so that is the episode we talked about losing, which is, uh, yeah, I mean, how do you make losing And fun? this episode was did. an L, but we're going to come back <laughs> next time even stronger. Um, before we go, as always, these are things that we are enjoying right now or want to or are excited about in sports. Uh, right now, the Cubs are playing the Sox. That's fun. If you're <laughs> remotely interested in baseball, that's, you know, it's a fun little cross-town rivalry. Rival, rivalry Rod, maybe. Rod, 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 Rod. I mean, it's definitely better than the LA one and definitely better than the New York one for sure. So uh, the Cubs are not super good this year. The White Sox are pretty good. Uh, so hopefully the White Sox will win these games because it matters a whole lot more if uh, if they do. Um but nevertheless, it's just fun to see uh, the team in black running up against the team in blue. 
and uh do people call the white Sox the team in black no this was the thing i said okay i don't know i either really like that or i think it's absolutely awful i can't quite tell yeah we'll uh we'll let the universe decide um but yeah that's I'm what excited. i'm excited about i'm gonna go i'm gonna go turn that game on right after this and uh finish watching it yeah i'm excited because football's back kind of kind of kind of let me have it it's kind of back last night as of recording last night was the hall of fame game which was kind of boring because it's just preseason for right now regular season starts officially september 9th the first sunday would be september 12th that's like the first sunday of football uh but it's like from last night until the Super Bowl, there will be either NFL or college football on every week. And with college football, you have games on usually every night to some extent. Like the Mac randomly plays on like Thursdays or Fridays or whatever. So I just thought it's like we're about to like right now, it's really just the Olympics and baseball. And the Olympics are going to be over today, actually. Are, is today the last day of the Olympics? The Olympic, the Olympics end really soon, and then it's just baseball. And let's be real, I love baseball. It's boring. Don't really love watching it. Cardinals suck this year, so it's not really worth watching because my favorite team's not doing well. So I'm just excited for football to come back to see how Kansas City can do, see if they can bounce back from last year's embarrassment in the Super Bowl, and just yeah, it'll be fun to watch. Um, I don't get super excited about football season. Um. I like fantasy football a lot, but I'm I'm just like football is hard for me, man. I, I like it, but I'm starting to lose a little bit of interest. Hey, here, every year I lose Nick, I lose a little bit of Nick, interest. So I'm I'm trying to be hopeful because I, I do like Justin Fields, and I'm excited to see how that works out. But here's the thing: here's why you're gonna be here's why you need to be excited. If you pay attention specifically to college football, if you even pay a little bit of attention to it. When EA Sports finally puts out their new college football game in 2023, you're going to just be jacked up and ready to go for it. And you're going to feel like a high schooler again. <laughs> so I should play, I should watch college football just in just case. So, no, they, they've the already announced game comes out. No, they're, they Is are. It, oh, it's official. Okay. Yeah, they announced that a while ago that they were going to do it. And it just, at first they were going to do it and weren't going to have the likenesses of any players just so they wouldn't have to deal with NIL. They could still pay the. They could still pay the schools for representation, but then the teams would not have any likeness to real teams. But now with that name, image, and likeness, we should assumedly have the likeness of at, le- at least the good players. You know, maybe not every single player on every single team, but so no offensive and defensive linemen. That's what That's I'm a, no, like you get like if a defensive lineman, if you have like a. Uh, Jadavion Clowney in college, like he's gonna get, he'd get paid to make sure that he's in the game. That's anyway. Who cares? It doesn't matter. All that to say, shout out to college video games coming back soon. I hope. Yeah, and shout out to Patrick Mahomes. Um, I'm probably gonna take you number one overall in my draft, despite how stupid taking a quarterback first is. But uh, they say that, you know, but then Mahomes like every week puts up like 30 points, and it's just like he's yeah. gonna consistently get me those points. Why would I not take him anyway? That's all we have for today. We've rambled on long enough. Your time is valuable, and you should stop listening to us. Hey yo, uh, but thanks for listening, and um, you know if you did. Leave that review and say, I listen, because we'd love to see that. With your name. 
or we don't <laughs> and want address. it. And address so we can mail you a thank you card. And it's just <laughs> it's just like an old receipt that I find in my wallet that I write thank you on the back of and send it to you. Yep. Okay. Bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>